Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina Conversation. Today's episode features a chat with Sierra Godfrey. We're talking about the Second Chance Hotel that comes out on September 12th. Um, This was such a fun conversation with Sierra. I really enjoyed uh, talking to her about this lovely, lovely book. Um, Really one of my favorites, I think, that I've read this summer. And um, it was really cool learning about how the research and and her um, history with Greece and just talking about her traveling um, you know, or past traveling and things like that. But either way, I'll let you guys get to it. Here is Sierra Godfrey. Okay, today we've got Sierra Godfrey here. We're talking about the Second Chance Hotel that comes out on September 12th. Um, Sierra, thanks for joining me today and to chat about it. I zoomed through this book. It like was so charming and entertaining and I really enjoyed. Yeah. I really enjoyed um, all the characters that you, that you included in this, in this story. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get to talk to you about it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So before we get started, can you give like a summary of the book? So um, people can follow along with what we're talking about yeah (laughs) so uh it's called the second chance hotel and usually i always have to read off a (laughs) thing for it um (laughs) let's see if i can do that off the cuff i'm so terrible at these things um but it's about uh, amelia and james who are two travelers and they um they meet in, in greece they've been backpacking through europe for three months and they meet in greece which is kind of the last stop for them and amelia has come from running away from a sort of bad work situation and a bad parental situation. So she's kind of, you know, there to escape, truly. They hit it off friendly-wise, and they get very drunk one night, and they're friends with their hotel owner, and he dies, and they accidentally get married and inherit the hotel on one night. And the next morning, they find out what's happened, and they're like, what? is going on and no and see you later but then it turns out that um the hotel is a a large employer for a lot of people on the island this small greek island that they they're on and they decide to to see it out for a couple months and see where it goes and so it's really all about them fitting in with the island making friends um making good food, (laughs) Greek Mm -hmm. food and figuring out what this is. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so funny. Kind of like, cause it's not a spoiler, right? Like that's the whole point. Like they get drunk and they accidentally like get married and own and, and, and inherit a hotel and, you know, any sort of like, like readers can imagine, you know, hilarious situations, uh, follow, (laughs) (laughs) especially with, with the colorful character, colorful Greek, um, you know, Island residents, very, very fun. So uh, can we get into your background a little bit? Because this is this is yeah. not your debut, right? This like you released right. a book before. Yeah, my first book came out um, exactly almost a year ago. Um, it'll be a year that the day that Second Chance Hotel publishes. And that was called A Very Typical Family. And um, so, yeah, that was the first book. And that's uh, set in Santa Cruz. And it's about this family that um, has some trauma that separated them out in their past and they all have to come together when their mom dies and they and um they've inherited the home so they have to come together and figure things mm-hmm. out so yeah, i uh, i grew up in santa cruz so i kind of set that there and you know just felt really natural and right but um i also 
lived in Greece for a couple of years with, when I was a kid. And so uh, it just felt very natural to set a book in Greece. And who doesn't love a book set in Greece? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> right. Yeah. So how did this experience releasing this book, writing and releasing this book differ from your previous experience? Like, was there any, any, did you kind of approach it the same way? Were there any big lessons learned, things like that? Oh, that's a good question. I think with the first book, you know, I had written it and rewritten it completely um, over a period of years. And, and I queried it and my agent signed me with that book. So it was very, and then it went through more edits and then more edits. So it, it was very much a rolling work in progress. Um, But the second chance hotel was, is the second book of a two book publishing contract. So I had a due date, <laughs> which is a really <laughs> different experience to write to. Um, Cause I knew it was due on a certain point. And so um, it was much more plotted out. And I would say the writing process was more condensed, but it was also easier in a way because I knew what I had to do. I had a deadline and I work really well to a deadline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a good lesson for me to learn. Uh, So, yeah. And and then I think I had already gone through sort of the edit letter process and the copy editing process and the proofreader process. So with the first book, so this one was easier in those respects. But every book is difficult and unique in its own way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Well, that's really cool, though, that that worked out either way, right? I mean, you just... Yeah. Because when I speak to authors, I kind of... It's interesting to see, like, how, you know, even if they've written 10 books before, it's interesting to see, like, you're exactly right, something is different. <laughs> like something happens, mm-hmm. something changes. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad that you were able to, to get this out there. I always thought that, you know, before I was published that, um, you know, if you've written like 10 books, it's gotta be easy. Right. Or the people <laughs> who've got like more 25, 50 books out there, it's gotta be easy. You pretty much know what you're doing. Right. Mm. And the answer is not really, it mm. doesn't get any easier. You may know what you're doing, but each book is hard in its own way because <laughs> there's so many different elements that have to come together, you know, character and plot and dialogue and, you know, all of those Yeah. Things. And you still want to like, you know, challenge yourself a little bit. You don't want to yes. peak too soon. Cause then it's like, well, then you raise the bar so high for yourself and for your readers. And so, or the readers set the bar, the bar high for you. And then, so they're expecting nothing less than every subsequent book that you develop and release. They're like, yeah, well, it's just going to be as amazing as her other, you know, her previous work. Like, why would she, you know, like, <laughs> why well, would the quality, why would the quality go yeah, down? That's an interesting wrinkle. I, I think uh, I am not there yet <laughs> where people are <laughs> expecting certain things from me, but with this second book, I've heard from a lot of readers who've said, Oh, you know, I read the first one. I can't wait for the second one. And that's really lovely. And I have heard from some um, early readers, some bookstagrammers who've said, um, you know, I've read both and it, they, and she never disappoints. And I'm like, oh, that oh, is, no. that's <laughs> the best comment ever, right? It's yeah. the best thing to hear. And I kind of nerd out about it because I'm like, oh, that's like, you know, author achievement, achievement unlocked with um, that kind of statement. But I think what they're looking for, and I, and I sort of thought about this in terms of books by uh, many books I've read by one author is you're looking for that tone and voice, right? Mm. And you're looking for what that author's, everybody's different and what that author sort of does best. And I think that's the thread that carries through um, multiple books 
you know what you're going to get. Um, sometimes it's a little different. Sometimes it's a little surprising, which is great. But overall, you know that they've got a certain kind of voice and that's great. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'm hoping is able to continue through. Yeah. Um, so is your first book, is that also in third person? Was there like a, a reason for, um, versus, you know, first person? Yeah. Um, you know, I, every time I start a new novel, I play around with that a little bit to see what fits best. And sometimes I end up writing, you know, like 20,000 words in one voice. And then I'm like, ah, it doesn't really fit. And I'll switch to another. Um, mm-hmm. So it takes a little bit of time to fix to that, that and sort of, you know, feel it out. Um, but with both of these books, yeah, they're written in first, third, deep third. Um, and it felt right for both of these. But interestingly, um, I'm working on something new right now. And it's all in first person. And that feels very right. So okay, I, <laughs> I can't explain the alchemy sure. <laughs> to that or kind of just like trusting your gut. Decision. Yeah. Trusting my gut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and rewriting it two different ways, I think mm. helps because you're like, yeah, I can see the voice come a little bit more easily in one voice versus right. another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always, yeah. I always find that interesting. I think that's, um, that's really common with authors. They kind of just see how it, how it goes and mm-hmm. they're like, well, this doesn't feel right. So let's try it this way type of thing. And then, yeah. um, it ends up like, you know, clicking and work and flowing and working out really well. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> just, it's just always interesting to me. I think I was reading about your background a little bit on like your website and stuff. Um, professionally, you've only, you just started writing, right? Like were your professional career, your professional background, what was, um, was that also in relation to writing or, or anything like that? Yeah. I've been a technical writer for many, many years. So I've, um, always written professionally, but, um, fiction writing, I, I actually, I've always written fiction. I've always written stories, but I didn't really start writing full length novels until I was around 30. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and you know, it took me a long time. It took me a long time after I started doing that to figure out what the heck I was doing, what the heck I wanted to say, what genre that I wanted to write in and where I wanted to go with it. And even after I had figured out all that, I had to learn how to really write a novel. And then you have to write, learn how to write a commercial novel, one that's saleable. So um, all of it doesn't take everybody as long as it took me, but it took me time. I mean, in between I was having kids and, you know, losing sleep and working full time. And so it just, yeah, it took a while um, mm. to get to the point where I could find representation. Yeah. So then I'm, I'm guessing that your kind of your professional career also came in handy when you wanted to kind of cross that line and from like nonfiction to fiction. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use being a tech writer as um, you know, part of like as a credential basically but sure i mean it should be really because <laughs> it does teach you how to tech writing absolutely teaches you how to structure and how to write succinctly but you know sometimes that doesn't always cross over so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean te- yeah it, tech writing is tech writing it's like it's very you know to the point mostly like yeah. instructional or detailed or descriptive and mm-hmm. it's like but it's, it's bland, right? It's very boring. It's not, you know, it's not a way for you to like escape. Well, maybe for some people, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I find creativity is still in there Yeah, um, in the way that information is presented. I think the crux of tech writing is if you do it well, then it doesn't seem bland or boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yes. Good point. 
good point. <laughs> um, but definitely writing fiction is is a lovely counterpoint to that material too. So, you know, right day I'm working on pretty dry technical material um, for software. And then, um, you know, by night I'm <laughs> writing what I want to write. So, yeah. So it's like you're, you're just writing like all the time. But I imagine, all the time. I imagine you, you enjoy it though, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's like, oh, this is hard. Or when, you know, you're really slogging through a difficult portion of a novel. And I'm like, oh, God, is this even worth it? But yes, because <laughs> because what happens is, you know, you get through that and you finish it. And then you're like, oh, I kind of want to write something new. And you have that urge again. So, yes. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. That's awesome. So going back to like, you know, the setting of um, the book where she's like traveling, she's backpacking through Europe, you know, hopping around, living her life because she's, (laughs) she kind of, her life kind of got like a little ruined, but, um, you know, through (laughs) a little bit, a little, you know, most fault of her own, I would say. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) There was a, you know, a couple actions she did not need to (laughs) follow through. That's um, right. I want to like kind of explore the research involved because I know you said you'd lived in Greece for a couple years, which is like super cool. Um, have you been back since? What what kind of like things did you have to like fish out of your brain or or look up <laughs> or explore? Like how did you know? I want to I want to know like like how did you what what did the process um go like for you? Oh, that's that's a great question. So um, the sad thing is I have not been back to Greece mm. since we left um, when I was around 13, I think. Um, although I had plans to go back. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't been back and things have changed okay. enormously. We lived on Santorini, which, as most people know, is one of the most populated tourist yeah, islands, yeah. right? It's absolutely gorgeous, which is why you got to go. But the crowds are just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're looking for um, a quieter Greek island experience, one of the smaller islands, not Santorini or Mykonos or Naxos are, are going to be good choices. And they're all good choices. But because I haven't been back and because I haven't seen the changes and my mom has been back many times and she's uh, every time she goes, she's like, Oh God, you wouldn't even recognize it. And I'm like, uh-huh. I think I'd recognize it. And she's like, no, it's, you know, everything's changed. And mm-hmm. you know, when we were there, in the eighties, we didn't have the internet and we didn't have, we barely had phones. We barely had TVs. So that has changed, I think so much. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to write uh, to something I I just had no concept of. And I um, couldn't fund a trip to Greece to go find out. (laughs) So I decided that um, what I needed was a smaller island and I could pick a smaller existing island, but I hadn't been there. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Google Maps only takes you so far, Google Earth. (laughs) Um, And I do remember quite a bit of what it feels like to be there and to walk through these little, you know, areas and the little towns and the wide open dirt roads, but not everyone islands like that. So to me, it was best to just create one that I could control um, Mm. so that I could describe what I wanted to describe without doing an injustice to an existing island. So I created <laughs> one called the Styri. So, uh, which means star in Greek. And that, um, that 
yeah, it's worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody said, oh, you can't use that. So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fun. And I, you know, I've never been, but I mean, I've been to Europe a handful of times. I, you know, the closest, I don't want to compare it to Italy, but I feel like that's the closest like reference that I have. Yeah. I've spent like a couple of weeks in Italy with my husband's family. Italy, there's just like so much to do and so much to see. Yeah. And we, we liked it as pretty much was possible within like 13, 14 days. Um, but yeah, I like, but exactly like you said, cause I see like all these like Instagram videos or like, you know, pictures of, um, Santorini cause it's so popular, but it's in the reality, like, I see other videos that are like, there's just crowds. There's like people everywhere, yeah. like kind of sandwiched in walking along those like yeah. famous like walkways overlooking the ocean. It was like, yeah. And then I think I'm like, Oh man, like I don't like, I, it would be nice to go, but it's not like on the top of my bucket list. But what, after seeing that, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Cause it's like, I think you, you have know. to know the type of traveler you are. So if you really can't stand crowds and you're very introverted as I am, then um, that's probably not going to be the best experience. However, Santorini is a volcanic island. And when you arrive and you go up to Fira and you overlook the caldera, it is, there's nothing else like it. Mm. The first time I ever, we landed and my mom took me up there and I, we overlooked and I just went, oh my God, you know, you're, you're just, your breath catches. So I feel like that's a, that's something everyone needs to see. But after that, yeah, get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> beach. Um, so yeah, it kind of depends on what you want, but if you really thrive with nightlife and bars and being out there, then that's a great place. Um, they yeah. say Mykonos is the party Island. Um, so that offers that too. If you're younger and want raves right. on the beach, I guess. <laughs> I know. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, like I'm in my mid thirties or if it's just like, I'm good just in general. Cause I am introverted, but a lot of the thing is I'll still go out and like, I feed off the energy around other people. I mm-hmm. think sometimes too, like I, I noticed that like, it depends on the activity or it depends on like, you know, mood, but I am also, yes, I want to like stay home and recharge and like read my book. You know, I want to like catch up with my show or I want to just, you know, cause I've got two little boys too. So it's like always difficult, like find time to wind down as it is. Um, you know, unless it's like after bedtime. Yeah. I could totally see that absolutely depends on what, what kind of travel you are. I read something recently that helped cause we just went to Hawaii and Hawaii was great. It was wonderful summer vacation, but it was also extremely crowded. Mm. And I had a hard time with that, even knowing that it was going to be that way in advance. And I read something that said, you know, that this person had decided to go through life like they were a benevolent alien where they just observe. And I'm like, oh my God, I never thought of that. That's such a good idea and such a good point. And so I kind of tried to do that a little bit and it really helped when I was in really, really crowded areas, you know, you kind of just observing and taking, taking in everything rather than trying to be part of it. Yeah. That's really powerful too. I like that. I like that. Like there's nothing wrong with kind of just like sitting back and observing and like people yeah. watching, like you can, right. you know, just, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And the you older know. I've gotten, the more I've approached different places like that. I was in Edinburgh, Scotland um, several years ago, and I just walked the streets and it's not a huge city and you can absolutely do that. And I loved it. And I loved going into the little grocery stores and just seeing all the different products that, you know, aren't available in the U S and yeah. just the differences in what, what they have. Um, I just walked all over and I loved it. 
that was yeah. like the whole thing I wanted to do. It was just, I'm just going to walk the streets. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I went to, um, I went to did a, I took my parents to Ireland cause it was, that was like top of the bucket list. That's why I'm like, when I say like, well, I did that. So like, what, what's my next destination? Hawaii kind of, but is it crowded? Like, um, because, because of the season or like just in general, it's just so, it's just a popular destination. Both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Cause I'm wondering like if I eventually make my way out there, what time of the time of the year would probably like definitely determine. I think the fall know. is good. Um, not the summer, the fall is good, but here's the thing. Any place that has like things to see, for example, in Oahu, you know, Pearl Harbor, right. That's a good mm. example. That's a major tourist destination. People want to see it when they go. Right. Um, but these kinds of places have instituted online reservation systems and I, I think it's probably the case in a lot of different places around the world now when you travel. And I had no idea. So if you don't know that and you don't look way ahead of time, then you're out. Like you're not yeah. getting in when you get there. Yeah. So, um, I think that's that's an interesting and I think that's a that's a trend that started during COVID times mm. that people had to make reservations and they've just kept it because it helped mitigate crowd levels. Oh, interesting. So, interesting. I, I don't know if they're doing that with all of the highly impacted destinations around the world, you know, like whatever, whatever they may be, but I bet. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That's good to know. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking of like, I don't know. I, we're, we're about to go on a trip next week, but it's like, you know, I, I'm in the Chicago area and we go to New Buffalo, Michigan, like every year with, with my parents. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to think like, you know, what, Cause like I said, I got like two little boys now and I'm like, Oh, where can I go? Well, like, <laughs> where can we go where it will be like still, you know, obviously it's going to be fun for them. It's, <laughs> it's okay. No, my, my, all, all of like the kids and the fur kid, the fur baby is they're at my, they're at my parents right now. Otherwise she would, you know, either be trying to play or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just like, yeah, cause I'm trying to think like, oh, man, like where would be like family friendly and where it's not going to be a pain in the butt to like right. take, take little, cause they're like, they're five, they're almost six and then like almost three. It's like they're so little, like they're so, especially the, the three year old, he's, give me gives me a run for my money just like at our house and then so i'm like you know <laughs> things like hawaii like oh that would be so cute and fun i'm like oh but i probably want to go with adults only <laughs> like i probably want to but yeah we we you know there's like definitely like so many options out there you know well i took and- my i mean we took our kids they're a little bit older than yours and and they loved snorkeling and everything and that was great um you know i think <laughs> I think you have to know what your family wants to do when you go to yeah. these places, which makes it difficult when you go to somewhere like Greece or across Europe, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so much to see and do. Um, you, you're looking and touring these ancient yeah. sites, <clears throat> as you know, yeah. you saw in, in Italy. And um, kids don't really want to do that. They don't care about no. <laughs> bunches of stone and rocks. <laughs> yeah, they don't. <laughs> or museums they don't care or like, yeah exactly exactly that's yeah that's a good point like the architecture things like that yeah. they don't <laughs> that's why yeah. i'm saying like anywhere with like a beach or a pool my our our kids are good yeah. like they would they <laughs> would spend all day there if we let them and i'm i don't really like i'm not like crazy about it i i will just i'm like okay i, I like like chilling by the beach and listening to the sounds and reading my book because i'm that much of a dork but i'm also like 
I'm fine with just relaxing on the side. And if you need something, I'm here. Like I don't, <laughs> and, but my, luckily my husband compliments that cause he loves, um, he could, he's the same. He's, he can be in the water like all day if, if he wanted yeah. to. And, you know, so that, that works out for everyone for the most part. Um, but he, he kind of just teases me. He's like, you don't swim. Like you don't like, why do you say you like the beach? You just like sitting on the beach. I'm like, yeah, like what? <laughs> it's so yeah. it's, it's relaxing with you know? appropriate shade coverage in a book you're that's it that's what Perfect. i want now <laughs> yeah exactly with the drink if you feel like it oh, you yeah. know like yeah definitely 100 percent. so one thing i did enjoy i appreciated about amelia is that she's like one thing at least one thing i noticed um she's she's on a she's like very open and confident with like her sexuality like she's just ca- casual sex and I, mm-hmm. I i think that's a little bit rare to find in um i guess is this technically like women's fiction or like romance mm-hmm. things like that because you know she you know obviously with romance um there's gonna be that and i loved all the tension between her and james like i loved all the moments where they kind of like gave in and then they're you know i love that tug like like pulling us along like pulling the readers along but i just I, yeah i really appreciated like being open to it and like not feeling you know there's no stigma she was like like i love like some of her comments she's like you know if he stayed here it was definitely on like she <laughs> and i i just yeah. like, i appreciated that you know just just like it's okay like yeah women should like women you know female characters they yeah it's refreshing I, you know i i'm Maybe a little bit more. Well, I mean, I've been married for a long time, but I, I'm probably not that way. I into so much casual stuff, <laughs> um, just because I'm more reserved of a person. But and I didn't make a conscious decision with this with Amelia, but I felt like when she throws a mug at her ex boyfriend's <laughs> head and sort of sets off this chain reaction of stuff that gets her <laughs> out of the country you know, pisses off her best friend and does a, you know, kind of a dirty to her, her friend. Yeah. She knows she's done that, you know, <laughs> ready to just do things. And so mm-hmm. she goes to Europe and, and although we don't see um, all the stuff she does in her three months backpacking across Europe, um, because then it sort of starts, um, picks up where she arrives in Greece. Um, we hear about it and we hear that she's had a few, you know, encounters here and there. And I feel like it was very much, um, part of her escape from the order and structure of her, uh, life, in- including a very corporate life mm. and full of responsibilities, responsibilities to her parents and her best friend who's getting married and just all kinds of things. So, it was a little bit of a, you know, just the lids blown right off and she sort of treats it that way. But interestingly, when it comes to James, they don't sleep yeah. together. She says, sure, I would have, but they never do. And I remember when my agent first read this draft, she wrote back to me and she goes, I love it. I can't believe they didn't, you know, and I don't yeah. want to give too much away, but yeah. she, <laughs> they didn't right away. And, um, so I thought that was really funny. It was I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, there was a lot of moments where I was like, oh, should I, but no, no, not gonna, you're not gonna. <laughs> even then, even those like um, chapters or those like moments where they're almost like they're fighting the temptation, but then they kind of give in a little bit. And I was like, I wasn't mad that they still didn't. I still enjoyed like, 
<laughs> the little I'm bit so of glad. torture, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that torture. I love a book with torture and I love a book. No, I'm, <laughs> let me rephrase right. that. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be taken out of context. But yeah, I, I, I love a book with a slow burn and torturous tension of romance. Mm. That's mm. what I love. And um, I know I always, I know this one gets talked about a lot, but I always go back to the hating game by Sally Thorne, which has just delicious slow burn tension, right? Where they, just get kind of close and then they back off. And mm. that is just, you know, that keeps me reading as a reader. So um, that's what I was hoping to do a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> <Tease> <laughs> well, I admit, yeah. And it, it worked out really well and it flowed really well. And yeah, it, and it didn't seem like um, totally out of, out of character either. They, cause, cause the circumstances they find themselves in, they're like, they're not, <laughs> This the sexual tension it like is kind of there still, but they're like not thinking about it at all. They are they're right, like because okay, they've got a hotel to run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've got guests to feed and have breakfast and sheets to change. I mean, that's not yeah. Sexy. <laughs> she has to learn like what is going on, like how do how do we get food? Yeah. You know, like who who and, are these and people? To my Why thinking, do they know everybody? I think that if you are in this situation with somebody where you're like forced marriage, forced proximity, which is a trope I love you come to a point where you're like, I have to try and make this work on the daily basis. There can't be tension all the time because mm. otherwise it would just be the thing that happens. Um, so they they're, yeah, they're trying to have friendships. They're trying to build a life there and, and keep people fed and happy as they come to the hotel. And um, they have to sort of put that on the back burner, but as long as that back burner is on, yeah. <laughs> simmering, then I think it works. You know, it, and I love that all the other characters were kind of like, they, they were in on it, but they were like, not, they were kind of like, you know, it was a big joke half the time. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, like, don't drink too much or you might, you know, you might do something <laughs> like, you might buy the whole island or something like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so funny, but I, I enjoyed it too. And it was, um, it was funny to see like all those other interactions and the characters like responding to their situation. It was so funny. Okay. So this is a two part question. What were the most challenging parts to write? And then the most enjoyable parts to write? The, the beginning was challenging um, because I had to get her there. <clears throat> I had to get Amelia to Greece and I could say, oh, sure, two people are just backpacking, but that doesn't reveal any emotional issues that Amelia as a main character has that I needed for her to solve by the end of the novel. So <clears throat> my editor actually suggested, could you come up with a, um, you know, a scene at work where she kind of blows it all up? And so that was actually really fun to write. And it made sense and it fit really well. I think in some ways I ended up blowing up a little too much <laughs> but it gets the job done i needed her to, yeah. to piss off the best friend who's not yeah. talking to her i needed her to get out of california and go far and leave a little bit of a scorched earth so that a lot had to happen there. <laughs> um but it was risky right because when she takes off at the very start of the novel she, you the reader knows she's done something not great yeah. the reader is like what are you doing how could you and and i think people react to that very differently and for a while i was like oh god are people gonna hate that and some people do and that's totally fine <laughs> i get it <laughs> but some people are like let's see if if she uh w is feeling sorry and fixes that and has remorse yeah. and i think a lot of people you know waited to see if that happened 
Um, but the other really tricky part was how do I get two people married and, and inherit a hotel in one night that <laughs> without really realizing it like that, that was a problem <laughs> to really rewrite that a lot of times. And even now it's like, okay, we just squeak that by with plausibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was hard to write. I, I did that a couple times. And, and originally it was like uh, the owner of the hotel talkies is like, here, I'll give you the hotel. And I had to change that a bunch of times. And so I had to sort of work through. Yeah. Like make it an accident where they don't realize it until like after the fact. Yeah. yeah I imagine that's pretty tricky. It was like, let's just throw some alcohol in there and it makes sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's so funny. See, I, with Amelia, I think I was just like living vicariously through her. I was like, yes, go leave. Like, like yeah. sc- screw Me everyone and, except sorry yeah. about your best friend. Like, that's probably not cool. Like, just. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had that feeling too with her. Like, just go, just get out and go and live your life. You know, everything doesn't matter. You'll fix it later. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does, it's, but. it's yeah. In that situation. Okay. She had to leave her job. Like she obviously it made sense that she was no longer allowed to work there anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, okay, yep. Screw them. I like <laughs> wipe her hands clean of that. Like that was the, the regret. Yeah. With the, best friend that was just like the regrettable part but you're just kind of as a reader i was just kind of hoping like well, hopefully her best friend understands even though like then i'm thinking mm-hmm. like you know if my best friend my maid of honor had like the absolute worst like day or week of her life and she was like i'm so sorry i have to leave i i yeah i would be understandably like really upset and feel like betrayed but i think i would hope that I would eventually like forgive her and understand something like something was really serious that where she would make mm-hmm. such a dramatic decision. And that's how it kind of felt like yeah. with Amelia and her best friend where it was like, I'm so glad we're yeah. having this conversation because I think <laughs> it's a really good thing to delve into. So I also have that hope. I feel like, you know, well, we're all doing our different thing and I'd try to understand it. I wouldn't like it, yeah. but I would try to understand it. But I think some other people, um, won't feel that way. Some people are like, no, you are dead to me if you yeah. that. <laughs> and that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. For me, it was like, you know, everybody has different reactions to things that happen and we all, everybody's a moving part. And sometimes when you're, you know, especially if you're her best friend, Ella, you know, planning this wedding and everything was perfect. And, and then this one major piece drops out. Amelia as a maid of honor, you know, what do you do? Um, and in Ella's case, it actually turns out to be fine, but mm. Amelia doesn't know that. And, yeah. um, and I think, you know, I think they had some friendship issues to work on with the other part of the, the last part of the book. And they do. And I liked yeah. that. Yeah. I liked them having to work on things and find what brings them yeah, together. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the, they, they were both like so justified and, you know, maybe Amelia less so, but Ella was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Give her the cold shoulder. Like she, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wasn't think, I didn't think that Ella was being unreasonable at all. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like, that's her other, that's the other part, like her relationship, not just like her relationship with men um, and how, you know, she's kind of approaching that these days, but then also yeah, her relationship with women, like, and her best friend and her, her coworker and her mom. And it, yeah, it was like really kind of, it was really interesting to kind of like notice that about her and, 
seeing how that plays out into the decisions that she makes, you know, it was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just a few more, a couple more questions left before we wrap up here. Let me see. Okay. So what advice do you have for Amelia? What advice do you have for James? Um, but by the end of the book, <laughs> sure. Yes. That's what authors ask me. And I, I never like kind of, I, I kind of just well, like see where, where, what you're like, book. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause if you, if you said at the beginning of the book, if they listened to your advice, there'd be no book. Right. So like, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah probably think, the end uh, of the, yeah. The end of the book is probably better. Yeah. I think I would say to them, uh, you know, see your commitments through. And really delve deeply into why you've made those commitments and chosen to stick them, because that'll see you through years of success rather than giving up, which both of them had done Mm -hmm. in a way, Um, and put up barriers to things that don't work. For example, Amelia has to deal with her mother, and she's going to have to put up barriers and defenses in order to deal with her going forward. Um, And she should have done that at the start. For sure. She should have done that with her mother. She should have done that with her ex. <laughs> yeah. um, so hopefully they uh, have learned to do that by the end of the book. Right. And, I know. And it's yeah. like, ugh, with it's like, girl, what are you doing dating your co somebody you work with? Like, that's oh, not, man. and then you know, living with someone like all you work bad. with. Yeah. Oh, just, it was bad. <laughs> like, oh, like, you like, you almost saw it coming, right? Like, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. no, well, there's no good did. way. Yeah. <laughs> there's just no good outcome. Like, it's, right. it's just set up for, for disaster. That's what happened. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, she learned the hard way, I guess. Um, yes. But yeah. I, I appreciate, I love James. He was like adorable and you know, <laughs> adorable. Like, that's yeah. such a good term. I'm going to write that down. I've never heard that. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> so cute. Because he is, he's adorable, but he's like a big dork about like, you know, his, what the olive trees, which is so random. <laughs> <laughs> and at first, Emilia, I love how Amelia was like, I don't know, he's kind of boring. And then she was like, <laughs> It's, it becomes endearing to her it's like one of her favorite qualities about him at, at you know towards the end of the book where she like realizes like she she can't she misses him she can't stop thinking about him and or her her friend said ella said you're you're sprung on this man like <laughs> and which was a word i haven't heard in a long time i'm like oh yeah. like, go get it go get him girl like <laughs> I think that word is from my high school days, but it was like the word. It was the one to describe it. She definitely was sitting there all sad. And I'm like, no, you are sprung on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like don't deny it. And yeah, don't deny it. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a good love story has those little details where you, you start really loving every single little quirk about somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's really what, you know, what makes a good relationship is you embrace all those things. Yeah, absolutely. Where the little, like what some little traits that some people might find weird, like there's going to be a few that appreciate that about you. And yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, like it goes for like almost anyone, you know, cause I think it's like, I, I don't know, like my husband will be like, Oh, you're, you're a dork or something like that. I'm like, well, I'm your dork. So what yeah. is that? you know, like See? too bad. <laughs> yeah. If you find somebody thing. loves all your quirks and quibbles, that's the person. That's your person. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. What is next? Are you working on anything that you could talk about? 
Um, no, not really. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's early days. And, um, but it's a, it's a rom-com and it, I can just give a tiny hint it's set in, in the restaurant industry and it's, I'm having a ton of fun with it. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, yeah. There's a lot that you could do with that. Um, Cause yeah. I did work, I, I did work in the restaurant industry for a hot, maybe three or four years, five years when I was um, a teenager and going into like my twenties. Um, and it's, it's like that common, like camaraderie, uh, inside jokes, like only industry specific situations and attitudes. And it, it, I love it. So I can't, I can't wait to, to see how that's going to turn out. And I imagine yeah. all, the, all the research <laughs> and anything involved with you learning is going to be so fun too. I'm having so much fun with the research. I I feel like I'm cramming for an exam. I'm <laughs> reading all kinds of stuff. I'm watching all these chefs shows. I'm, you know, doing all kinds of fun menu yeah. research and yeah. Oh, it's just, it's, it's so much fun. Like the, the deeper you go, what a rich layered world restaurants and yeah. kitchens are. And um, they're so frenetic, which I think is, uh, you know, in that chaos of being in a busy kitchen, trying to make a business succeed and the narrow profit margins, like all of that's so fascinating to me. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, and it's <laughs> lucrative industry too. Cause people want to, people are always going to eat. They're always going to need food. They're always right. going to, it's a pastime. They like getting together and sharing a meal and catching up mm-hmm. and sharing, spending time with one another. It's like a lot, you know, a lot of the times it's just like the backbone of, you know, get togethers and it's like, it's absolutely. So true. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, I love it. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> Sierra Godfrey, where can we find you online and on social media? Uh, so you can find me at sierragodfrey.com and I have a newsletter on my website. You can sign up for with all kinds of more extras and recipes and stuff for this book. And, um, these days I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm, uh, you can find me on at Sierra Godfrey on all the socials, but with some of them going away and changing. Oh God. Yeah. I'm like, I know when I'm like, wait, what is it called now? Like, I don't, I'm I'm (laughs) done with twitter i'm yeah i'm done um but so yeah i'm spend most of my time on instagram so come find me there at sierra godfrey perfect oh going back to like the the recipe because you did i can't (laughs) even pronounce it but you did include moussaka moussaka (laughs) right okay Mm -hmm. i didn't want to thank you for that i didn't want butcher it um did you and then so on your website or whatever and your newsletters readers can find more recipes that you you did yeah, not include? I have a whole bunch of really okay. wonderful greek recipes that actually my mother who is a great cook um helped me work up and so um i have those coming out and i have a bunch of cool recipe cards that i'll have for download soon um including the one in the back of the book which is potato moussaka Mm-hmm. So I know I, delicious. it sounded really, it sounded really good. I don't know. I'm like thinking, I'm like, where is it? There it's right there. I'm like, where's the copy, yeah. the copy of the book? I, it did sound really good, but I'm like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> anything over it's like a, 10, in, 10 ingredients. It kind of like yeah. over, like yeah. intimidates me a little bit. No, I, I hear you. And I don't make it that much because of that reason. It's, it's mm-hmm. a long involved process with many layers. So yeah. And, and, you know, you've got to make it for a big group because it's a big casserole. <laughs> I have some, some really lovely, simple ones. Like I, I do a yogurt marinated chicken all the time. This Greek Ooh. yogurt marinade. Oh, so good. And it's easy. Like you just throw that in a pan and put it in the fridge and wait, you know, overnight or whatever and right. then cook it. Perfect. I know. Oh, I, yeah. I, 
chicken all day. I'll eat any form of chicken, chicken. all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check out those. Um, I'll keep an eye out. I'll check out those recipe cards. Cause I, they, I've, I've had, um, I've read a couple, uh, you know, different series, the cozy culinary murder mystery series. And I did do a couple, uh, recipes. Um, and, and it turned out really well, but I was like, it involves a lot of work and um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of time. It can just, it's like, okay, I need to like, just carve out, you know, <laughs> carve out some time to like commit and, and, and handle it and like go for it. Cause otherwise, yeah, exactly. you know, I, I'm just, just one step at a time. If I've got, I'm, I, yeah. And I'm pretty good at, in the kitchen in general and baking too, but I'm also very like simple and you know not complicated. Same. And, yeah. <laughs> I just don't, I don't venture out, um, you know, too, too crazy. Your dog wants to say hi. It's okay. We'll wrap it up here. (laughs) I guess you're on it too, man. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) We'll keep a little sound bite in there. It's all right. (laughs) Um, so uh Sierra Godfrey, the second chance hotel that comes out on September twelfth. Um, thank you so much. Like I said, charming. Uh, really fun, entertaining read. And, um, I, it was so fun. And like I said, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for, um, you know, everything else that you, ha- that you have coming out. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> My dog thinks you too. <laughs> no, it's so much fun to talk about this. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. There you go. That was Sierra Godfrey talking about the second chance hotel that comes out on September 12th. You could look at the show notes to find links to uh, where to purchase the book and where to find her online and on social media. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, catch us on Instagram and on X, um, the nerd cantina and cantina book club. If you're looking for book recommendations, go ahead and check out my book reviews on the nerdcantina.com. If you find a book that you really enjoy, um, go ahead and hop on over to Goodreads and Amazon and give them a rating. It really does help the authors out. Pre-orders help the authors out as well. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening.